it's the ultimate showdown but with camp counselors sure just a bunch of dudes in chacos and debauchery (laughs) (laughs) yeah on the chacos on the lake they all have to it's all team building exercises where slowly one by one they get eliminated to the death (laughs) you knock somebody out of their hammock and Susie's the only one with the two piece Wow. Mm. What was the name of that movie? Uh, the, the the Fat Camp one. Oh, Heavyweights? Yes. Yeah. Oh, let's spread that rumor. John's Not at a Heavyweights <laughs> like, Fat Camp. That's fun. <laughs> I'm just going to start. We need to start. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Too Much Free Time Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Yeah. John Girdler is, is not with Fat us. Fat Camp. Yeah, this is, this is the second one. Yeah, he's uh, out of town, so... Uh, we decided to replace him with two people. <laughs> Returning guest Zach. Hi, Brown. listeners. Zach Brown. And then post op <laughs> Yeah. Post operation John. Or, or feels weird. <laughs> or, <laughs> or Megan Brown. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank Wait. you for having me on. That's Megan Brown, Zach Brown, are they related? Whoa. I believe they're married. We I think we were there. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, I have to ask you right off the bat, did it hurt when you shattered the glass of the ceiling? It hurt so badly. Being the first woman on our podcast? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me to the Sausage Fest. Like, <laughs> I feel like the world is my oyster. I could do anything now. I could maybe run for like the first female president, except I'm sure I'm going to say something incriminating on this podcast, and it's yeah. all going to be over. No, it'll be fine. I think you already did, probably. <laughs> yeah. You said Sausage Fest. Speaking Shit. of, what's your favorite brand? Jamie Dean, uh, the other ones. Jamie Dean. <laughs> what? what? You, you went into this joke not knowing other other sausage. You just need one. <laughs> to start you, it out. you need uh, at least Oscar three. Meyer. They have that sage flavor. It's nice. You know, usually about this time we introduce the movie. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> this week was my pick, and it was my hate it pick. And like I said in the Dark Knight episode, I had already called out what my hate it pick was going to be, and it's The Dark Knight Rises. You know? the third and final Nolan Batman film. And uh, it just hurts because even though it may have sounded like I didn't like the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight episode, it I re- loved, really did. I, did. I love <laughs> Dark Knight. I think it's an incredible movie and it's endings are hard. He's not mad I'm, at it. He's just disappointed. I am. I, we get know, into arguments with those we love the most. Yeah. I just, this is a great example of just the, cliche that goes through pretty much all art which is endings are impossible you know what i mean like very rarely do does the third and final film like is that the best or is the third and final book the best yeah wrapping up even the, story, the bible ends with a to be continued <laughs> <laughs> nice true but still like, waiting i know peter's gonna say lord of the rings immediately but i'm tr- legitimately trying to think of a third film that i can argue like honestly say is superior to the two that came before it or book it's really difficult for me to think it's just endings it's wrapping up all these storylines are so difficult and i think that's kind of funny about this one though because i would argue you didn't have to make a third one after dark knight yeah Yeah. because the way that Mm -hmm. ended was just vague enough to where you could kind of come up with your own adventure of what's going to happen afterwards yeah i I definitely agree with you there because like at the end of Dark Knight, it was like all the all the pieces are sort of in place to where literally anyone else could have picked that up and ran with it, and it wouldn't have mattered whether or not it was the same director. But it's still the character, and that's sort of how how Batman is in, in just like uh, the hands of different authors too. No, oh, yeah, it's great for sure. how it can work that way. And 
I think it's funny because when we were watching this, all I could think about was, so I said in the Dark Knight episode that I'm I'm a big, I'm very much against the ending of Dark Knight, the last like five minutes where it's the whole like, I killed those people. I need to be the hero god that needs me to be. And so like, because my biggest thing was they're going to build some sort of peace on a lie. And I feel like that goes against what Batman is. And, you know, John brought up the whole, like, well, wasn't it for the greater good? Which I can see that argument being made and it being fine. But then instantly in this one, they try to undercut that message from the last one of the whole idea of Bruce is going to take on this burden of being the bad guy. But then in this one, they're like, oh, well, it's all a lie. Now everything's coming down. I'm like, well, you're just undercutting the strength of the message you had in the first or in the second movie. So it, I don't know. It just bugs me. There is no greater good. There is no greater good. Uh, man, do you guys remember seeing this in theaters? Did yes. you guys go to the midnight? I know Peter I, and I went to the midnight showing. I don't think I did the midnight showing. I didn't do the midnight either. But I, I, I vividly remember seeing it because, like, not to jump to the end, but, like, where where there's, like, the big flash and everything, I, I like, teared up. Oh, when, it, it when you just, think yeah. Batman's dead? Yeah, it, it was very impactful, but that was not the experience I had this time. Yeah, I remember some of the effects being a lot more wow inducing yeah. than they were watching it yeah. last night at seven o'clock so we, we talked about in the dark night episode just like the impact of openings and how powerful openings can be i will say i i still really like the opening of this film even though i did forget that it starts out with the weird yeah. eulogy for harvey dent's funeral i forgot that that's technically how this opens i totally thought it just started with the airplane mm-hmm. thing uh, by what I mean, cool opening, I mean the airplane thing. Right. <laughs> I could have done without the Harvey Dent, you know, funeral yeah. service thing. I forgot he had died, so I'm glad they reminded <laughs> me. Yeah. Just in case you forgot, Harvey Dent is dead. <laughs> well, m- maybe that is something for people who hadn't seen the other two, maybe. You why would confused. you be walking to that theater? Yeah. You'd yeah. be so confused anyway. Well, I don't know. Not not necessarily. You can just sort of walk in and be like, all right, here's here's my villain. I know about Batman just culturally, and I can probably understand this. I have I mean, seen those other two movies, but it's been a minute, and I was confused. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, <laughs> like, be when you think about it, yeah. at the core, it kind of does, because you're like, okay, Batman's going to fight Bane. But every time Bane opens his mouth, he's referencing something that you'd have it's to true. have seen yeah. the other two movies to understand. That's true. Yeah. The whole, I'm here to fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny. The people in the yeah. audience would just be like, who the who? fuck is Ra's al Ghul? <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, why is this guy so mad? What's his deal? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Also, I'm going to get this out of the way, and this is super pretentious, but I'm, I am lean more towards the whole, you're supposed to call him Raish al Ghul. Oh. Raz, mm, but I'm like, wag that around. Oh, oh, okay, sue Ooh. me. Christopher Nolan, pronounce it however you want. <laughs> but every time they say it, I'm like, ah, oh, it's Raish. <laughs> it's Raish al Ghul. It's racist. Yeah, it's racist. Racist. <laughs> racist. Yeah, I mean, League of Shadows being led by a white guy. Mm. <laughs> That's true. End of the day, Batman Begins does whitewash Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. You know. Love Liam Neeson. Love do- Liam Neeson, but he's he's not supposed he's to be a white Caucasian. dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe like, you know, Russia, border, Asia kind of more complex- complexion. They just kind of throw some dirt on him in this movie, okay. too. Yeah. That's They're true. like, he's a little dirty. I also, we're skipping around a lot. I want to come back to the plane thing, but... What you're talking about reminded me, I hate when they do this in any movie 
when you see when you get the story of Bane being put in the prison and you get the quick flashback of like there was a mercenary who fell in love with the warlord's daughter and it shows the mercenary and you're supposed to know it's Liam Neeson because they gave him the exact same haircut and facial, facial hair, hair. Yeah. as if in 40 years yeah. of him walking the earth never changed haircut never changed or facial aged. hair yeah like come oh, on yeah. give the audience more credit than that you can just put it together that it's you know, Rachel Ghoul. You don't have to be like, oh shit, he has the same mustache. That's gotta be him. It's a signature style. <laughs> it's a pretty it's awesome. Timeless. It's a pretty awesome facial hair, like goatee stash get up. No. I I couldn't pull it off, but no, it's, it's pretty awesome. Connected. It's real. <laughs> but what did you guys actually think of just the plane opening? Especially in comparison to like the opening of Dark Knight where it's the Joker heist. Oh, that was cool. I like that a lot. I think it I think it's crazy inventive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's what blows my mind about it. And none of it really seemed studio or sound staged and CGI'd. So much of it felt like they legitimately just went out there with an airplane and like mm-hmm. some skydivers. And that's what like was really cool about it. I guess it's something where because that scene had just been uh, I don't know like thousands of guys had just like said those lines from Bane over and over again like only one of us can survive or, or whatever it is oh, like, the, they're yeah. expecting one of us yeah and the wreckage like, fire yeah. it rises <laughs> yeah that was just like yeah. has okay. it started <laughs> yeah I don't know I was sort of like alright so you just don't really... think it has it's aged as well just because of I just think people the, have taken it out of context. Like quoted so. it a lot. Yeah. So it's not the scene's fault. It's right. It, it is others, others people's fault. Yeah. yeah. There's no greater good, yeah. like Peter yeah. said. Well, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the it's kind of like the Batman and the Bane voices. After yes, like exactly. if people didn't do them constantly, it probably wouldn't be as like funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wonder if I like I laughed when we watched it last night of just the where's the trigger? Yeah. yeah. You would go to an audience Yeah. <laughs> It's like, calm down. No, we, yeah, the audience gets that. <laughs> yeah. We know you think he has it. <laughs> well, the thing with, with the with the with the plane entrance, even even though it is a really cool scene, one thing that just sort of I think bugged all of us was the fact that Bane's voice was much louder mm-hmm. than anything else in that scene, and and it was just it's, like it was jarring. Yeah, it, yeah, because it's almost like he has a like a, a, a megaphone, megaphone yeah. inside it, it of his, his mask. mask. Yeah, I was inside the mask. Yeah. It comes I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I talked <laughs> I talked a little bit about this last night and I truly do think it's the soundboard mixing they just overdid it cuz when I saw the preview thing cuz they released the intro to this movie as instead of trailers if you saw uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in IMAX mm-hmm. so me and our my roommate at the time Joseph went and saw it in IMAX just to see this opening cuz we were so excited and you could not understand a word Bane was saying. And I think they took that critique too literally, mm-hmm. or not too literally, too extreme, and just amped him up all the way, almost like a backhanded, like, oh, you can't understand him? You're going to understand him now. <laughs> okay, I unhear him. Yeah. But, like, but that happens throughout the whole movie. Like, yeah. th- th- There's maybe two scenes w- where Bane is talking, and he sounds like he's actually in a normal room and not just like talking through a megaphone. Yeah, well, so. it's like the scene in the sewer when yeah. they bring Gordon to him. He sounds like right. that's it's a good one. scene, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't sound so distorted or whatever. So I just I wonder if maybe when they tried to adjust it, they just couldn't get it to match the levels because the plane 
is so yeah. loud mm-hmm. and like you can barely hear peter dinklage uh yelling about throwing the guys out the plane he was the cia agent yeah peter dinklage is <laughs> or not peter dinklage the guy from yeah he plays peter in yeah game, game of guns. thrones oh man i'm messing oh. up his name what's that actor's name though little finger well just little finger finger. i called him peter (laughs) dinklage yeah and he's little but i think my mind made like a weird jump of the whole like peter dinklage going out the moon door kind of like i don't know i think i went you can fly mother yeah i Uh, think i went there aiden gillen Gillen. it rolls off the tongue but i was having a hard time understanding him in the airplane because it was just so loud yeah and so I don't know how they would have really Did fixed Did he not that. know he had Bane, that no. he was talking to Bane? Not until... But then he was like intimidating. He was like, way to go, Bane. Big bad Bane. What's the next part of your plan, Bane? And it's like, but this is a big bad guy. I would have been afraid had I lifted the hood and then seen him there. Well, I think you would have been afraid, but at the same time, are you expecting a group of like skydiving rope ninjas to swoop <laughs> down to either side of your plane and kill you? Like, that's not something that you would expect. Yeah. He seemed shocked at the least, and I think the rest of the follow-up was bravado. <laughs> He's <laughs> just, going out. Just a little bit. He was like, man, I we're here. This is uh, how it's going I really do like that scene, and I do think the audio quality just takes away so much of the punch of how awesome no. some of the, even just some of the dialogue is mm-hmm. of just the, like, was your what was the next part of your plan to crash this plane with no survivors? <laughs> it's just, like, how loud it is just yeah. amps it up. It's like, with no survivors! <laughs> no eardrums left behind. <laughs> left intact. What do you guys? Because like after that, we get you know introduced to kind of Gotham as it is now. Where there's like the Dent Act, which they do a, I guess, a good job of vaguely implying that it was basically like the Patriot Act of Gotham, <laughs> where like you do anything that's you know resembling organized crime will put you away forever. It seemed like with no uh, opportunity for parole. Yeah. There's a lot of little hints like that. What did you guys think though of the whole eight year jump? That it's you know, eight years after Dark Knight. I totally understand not wanting to go heavy handed on bringing in Joker references out of respect for Heath Ledger, but oh, yeah. not bringing it up one single solitary time was weird to me. Uh, yeah. Because that was kind of an issue. Well, they avoid it like the play because they yeah. don't even mention Arkham Asylum, they only focus yeah. on Blackgate. Uh-huh. And, like, you'd think Bane would, you know, bring in Arkham, at least in, like, dialogue. Well, yeah. you know he had to go get Crane Yeah, from they there. had to get Scarecrow. Well, yeah. yeah. But they just avoid it like the plague. And I don't, I didn't read the novelization of this book, but I do remember seeing online someone says there's one line in uh, the book, the novelization or whatever, that says Bane, when they clear out Arkham Asylum, they intentionally don't let the Joker out. Because, like, Bane mm. says something about, like, we don't want... Hmm like uncontrollable variables or some nonsense. And it's like implied that it's the Joker cell. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I truly wonder how much of this movie was just response after Heath Ledger died. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how much did they have planned that maybe was going to involve Heath Ledger, Mm, even like a little bit, what their plan was like, going that route because i feel like his death probably they probably scrapped a lot of Mm -hmm. what they had initially i would imagine i also am of the theory this sounds super negative i'm of the theory that christopher nolan didn't want to do a third one 
and that he mm-hmm. was contractually obligated to do a third one. And I feel like that's why this one has more like kind of just like rushed nature to it as well as just like plot holes that both Batman Begins and Dark Knight doesn't have. Mm. Well, the thing with that, it's like I, I can I can see where you're coming from there, but this movie is, is like trying to be more complex than both of the other two because like in, in, in terms of like, terms of like character connections or also just, just like main characters, we, we have so many more than the yeah. other two. Whereas in Dark Knight, we have too had, many. We, yeah, we, we had like, like three core characters that were kind of sort of work around. In this one, I, I, I couldn't tell you what the like main triad is because you got mm-hmm. like Talia al Ghul, Catwoman, Bane, and Batman's all, all sort of like working together. And then there's the whole Gordon subplot and then the god awful Joseph Gordon Levin shit. And then the, the, the police captain of Foley or yeah. whatever that's serves no purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's so it's just like we have all this complexity for no real payoff. Right. And that's that's my other big critique of this movie, I would say, is it's it's the longest but rushed movie I've watched mm-hmm. in forever where it's like, it's almost three hours, yeah. but I feel like every plot point is super just fast forwarded. Well, and things are just like relationship dynamics are just unearned. Things are coming up way too quickly. Too much trust is being thrown around willy nilly. And I mean, I said this last night, I definitely think this is a movie that, you know, at the time it came out, I can understand why people would have been against it. Cause so many movies were doing this, but I think, this movie deserved a part one, part two. Like this should have been two separate two and a half hour movies. Like mm. I think that would have helped them kind of stick the landing more. Cause you could have, I mean, I'm going to critique the storytelling nature of this and towards the end, but even with what we have just splitting into two movies that are two and a half hours, you can develop so much more of these characters that you've thrown in to make things seem more earned. And it's more digestible for the viewer. Yeah. Too, at the end of the day, I think that could have helped for sure. But I think that my original question was the eight year gap. And then we just went, but I, I get what the point of the eight year gap was, was to do the reference to dark Knight returns, the Frank Miller yeah, comic, but it and didn't work. It didn't. But at the same time, I liked the initial kind of idea of what they were doing with Bruce Wayne, with these this eight-year gap. The idea of the, he can't be Batman anymore, he's just not there anymore, like physically there anymore. You know, Alfred even throws out the whole, you know, I think you want to go out there and, you know, die in battle. Like, you're kind of suicidal. You know what I mean? I think those are all really interesting points, but they don't do anything with it. And, like, I want to propose a question. What is Bruce Wayne's arc in this movie? Could anyone tell me? Mm. He rises. <laughs> but why? He doesn't be, he doesn't, he's not Batman anymore. No, he, he got put in a pit and then he climbed out. And the <laughs> pit was also, it was physical, but it was also metaphysical. <laughs> Thank you, Plato. Uh, it was his own pit that he had put himself there. His after, body and his spirit. So, yes. Oh so he had gosh. to put both back together so that he could come and uh, save Gotham. But, <sighs> but just think about it. The start of this movie is he can't be Batman anymore. Alfred's telling him, you can't be Batman anymore. Alfred sucks. You got to figure out a new way to do this, do something else. He spends 40 minutes of the movie, or the next like 30 minutes of the movie, learning, oh, Alfred was right. I can't be Batman anymore. Then he gets put in a pit and he's like, oh, I have to be Batman again. Then he becomes Batman again. And he's like, okay, I'm done being Batman. And he leaves. What? (laughs) 
It's just whiplash. Like, what is yeah. his characterization? It's almost not a Batman movie. I was mm-hmm. just gonna say that, well, it, it, but it's but but if it's not a Batman movie, whose movie is it? Well, see, this is where my like my fury at the Joseph Gordon-Levitt comes into play. Mark just like slammed or tried to slam I the table. I was going to, but I didn't Whoa. want to, the microphones to shake. <laughs> it's just because it's clear to me that their idea was this arc was like, okay, Batman's too old and they were going to commit to this whole idea he needs to not be Batman anymore. And then maybe subtly being like the Dark Knight Rises is the new Batman, which they try to make Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but it's so unearned. It, like criminally unearned. Like even in the car ride at one point after Bruce Wayne loses his money and you know, he's asking him about like why he wore the mask and all that stuff. And it's just like, because I wanted it to be Batman could be anybody. And I'm like, yeah, cause you know, you don't know who Batman is. So it could be anybody. Not that it could actually fucking be anybody <laughs> that you could just be like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and be Batman now. Oh, wait, Next Bruce, Tuesday, it's were, you. Weren't you trained by a plethora of masters and ninjas and, and all this different this shit? In the Dark Knight, where he's mm. like, "What's the? I'm the, I'm not wearing a hockey mask." Yeah, like we already covered that. It can't be anyone. And so, like the idea of it being like you know a symbol that we call be Batman is fine, but the actuality is you can't be Batman. And to have Joseph Gordon-Levitt run around being a detective, and a horrible detective at that, and then throwing one bat grenade and being like, you know what? He can be Batman. It's a a huge fuck you to the Batman fans. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. And I haven't even started talking about his speech to Bruce Wayne about how he knows he's Batman (laughs) makes no goddamn sense. None. Like I wanted to pull it up, but I couldn't find the direct like trans transcript or whatever of him talking. But it simply is, you came to the orphanage. I saw that you were an angry kid just like me because we had to put on masks because we're so angry our parents died. You're Batman. What? I mean, that sounds like a perfect syllogism to me. Like, <laughs> I don't think they should have done this, but if anything... You know the kid he gives the telescope to in Batman Begins? Yes. If that was fucking Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joffrey. Oh, it was the actor to play Joffrey. Yahweh. But you know what I mean? Like, if that was him in Batman Begins, and he says that we've met before, and then he says, I saw you that night, and I saw you at the orphanage, and then it's still a stretch of an imagination. But But he could recognize the look. Exactly. In his eyes. Give some sort of basis. Not, I saw you as Bruce Wayne. I saw you were an angry orphan i'm an angry orphan you're batman (laughs) well there's a reason he's detective it's so it's so frustrating it's i also like that they like throw together a hodgepodge of the different like robin origins except Mm -hmm. for dick grayson i guess they kind of did with the being a cop because dick grayson becomes a cop in uh, bloodhaven for a little while but they gave uh, you know him Jason Todd's background the whole my dad was killed in a gambling debt thing and then they gave him kind of gave him the Tim Drake Robin reveal of like that's how Tim Drake proves to Batman that he can be Robin through like his detective thing is like he figures out Bruce Wayne's Batman not through I fucking saw you once at an orphanage <laughs> but like legitimate work like he put in all this work to figure out Bruce Wayne he's got Batman. the red lines everywhere yeah a lot of red, red, string. red yeah. strings everywhere and he's like I figured you out you know like and that's cool in the comics 
And it would have been cool in this to a degree, but like, oh my, oh, it, it hurts me. Oh, just thinking about it gives me, I'm just, I'm hurt. Well, and then, you know, speaking of reveals, when he uh, reveals himself to Gordon by being like, sometimes it's just like giving a kid a jacket or whatever, you know, like around insulting. his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon has a moment where he's like, you know what? I did only give one jacket to a kid in my time. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Ever. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. That that totally should have been reversed. That should have been a Batman was leaving, yes. and it should have been Gordon saying, "I never cared like who you were, da 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 da." But thank you, Bruce. Like he should have just yeah. said, "Thank you, Bruce," and Batman kind of acknowledged that they both knew that. You know what I mean? They both were aware, and then that's it. Because that would have been so much more impactful. It's just. Ah, the the jacket thing, and then the Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, so with um with Gordon, I, I felt like he he was just useless in this movie. Like n- nothing nothing he did was really consequential. It felt like yeah, I I think I think a better strategy for this movie would have been to have Bruce and Gordon kind of out of the picture for this, and have the newer characters have to do more. Kind yeah. of like a passing the torch kind of vibe, mm-hmm. but it never, they didn't commit to it. They didn't commit one way or the other, so we get a lot of like half-heartedness. It's weird. As far as the like plot of this movie goes, though, like I'm fine with it. I used to be more upset with the whole nature of its Bane holding a bomb, like how he gets control of the city. I used to have more of a problem with that. I'm kind of past that. I think it'd been. They could have done more clever ways than a nuclear bomb, I think. But, you know, the setup for him locking off the city or whatever is straight out of no man's land, which is what they're heavily referencing in this. So, like, I was down with that. But it it's, it's kind of just a weird, like, just plot in general where is, if I'm not mistaken, it's Bane's going to just want everybody to run rampant in the city and then he's going to blow it up. Yeah, it's it's like the motivations were sort of uh, sort of opposed there. So I, I don't. I think ultimately they just wanted Gotham destroyed, right? And mm-hmm. he knew it was going to take five months. Five months was going to come, and it was going to explode. But until then, he just wanted them to tear each other apart. Yeah, yeah. Which like it's still a really cool plot idea, but it I I feel like it just. I feel like they imp- after the bomb revealed, they implement stuff that ends up not mattering because there's a bomb anyway. Like we talked about this while we were watching it, the when he finally reads Gordon's lev- letter that's like revealing the whole Harvey Dent thing was a lie. At that point, it doesn't matter because he already has control of the city. He's not. It's not like his actions of reading that letter are letting out the prisoners that are in Black Ape Prison. It's it doesn't matter because he's going to blow up the prison anyway and let him out. It's not like it doesn't feel like anything matters at that point. And it just takes away so much. And I know Peter, you're a big, big, big proponent of how they just undercut Bane. I I think the term was castrated Bane. Castrated Bane. Yeah. (laughs) He was super intense for most of the movie. And every time he shows up, you're like, Oh my gosh, what is he going to do? And then he gets punched in the mouth a couple times by Batman. And then he turns into like a little puppy. He's a big talker. Yeah, he, he just cries. Yeah, just because he's being manipulated by a woman. <laughs> That's what we do. 
Post op John. Punch you in the mouth. <laughs> in the teeth. <laughs> I just yeah, the again, it's the Tayo Ghoul reveal I think happens so late that it does undercut. And he has he he doesn't say anything either. Yeah. Well, well um and he had been saying things all the time. And, and then he, then he also like uh, also gets killed off screen effectively because like, like he like just had blasted by Catwoman. Yeah. yeah, but it's like he had been like a major force in this movie, and then all right, we're just gonna kind of hand wave him dying. It's just yeah. Yeah. well, there's I mean, a, unearned. Yeah, there's of. a couple things that felt like they couldn't think of what to do, and so yeah. they kind of did a magic like hand wave. Like I would agree, I think the Bane death is one of them, and I think the other one is the disappearance of Alfred. Yeah. I think that's I can't such, do it anymore. I think that's such a hand wave. <laughs> and like, while I love their speech back and forth of the whole like I won't bury you and that whole thing, like that's so powerful. But the fact that he actually leaves is just not what Alfred's yeah does. Because if if what he says is true, and he never actually wanted Bruce to come back. Bruce came back. We saw. We all saw Batman Begins. <laughs> we all and saw Alfred was super supportive. Yeah, supportive through that. Supportive through Dark Knight. And then all of a sudden, he tells him, "Oh, I was basically lying to you the whole time. Like I never wanted you to come back." Yeah, it's like it's, it's not my hashtag. Not my Alfred. It's just it. It felt. It truly feels like they realized when they were writing it out that if they keep Bane in Gotham, that Bane's gonna have to kill him. Or, I mean, I said, sorry, if they keep Alfred in Gotham, Bane's going to have to kill him or something because that's just a, a gaping weakness that Bruce has, that Bane knows he has, and they don't know what to do with him. So it, it just felt like they were like, we got to figure out a way. Okay, now he's upset that he's going to be Batman again. He's going to just disappear. It's it's just, it feels weird. Killing Alfred would have been one that would have been move though that would have mm-hmm. been devastating yeah. that would have gotten me on my feelings real quick yeah yeah and honestly like i've spoken about i don't like especially in the case of when it's like a wife or girlfriend or whatever characters dying to motivate the protagonist mm-hmm. that would have been an epic mm-hmm. motivator yeah. if while you know bruce is in the prison that's one of the things he has to watch is alfred get iced Oh my gosh! You know Bruce is going to come out of that pit and beat the shit out of Bane. That would have been quite a motivator, and I would have been emotionally devastated. Ooh, ooh, that's a good idea. Mm. Well, it's a sad idea, but it's a good idea. Would it have felt like a cheap shot though, a little bit? Uh, I don't think. Maybe it would have, but at the same time, I was totally on board with the idea as I was watching this in theaters that they were going to kill Bruce. Mm. That this was going to be Batman dying. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I like the end scene at the cafe, but I kind of wish they had just committed to he's dead. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, so maybe it would have been a cheap shot a little bit. But I don't know. It felt like, especially with the marketing and how this movie kind of opens, it really did feel like nothing was off limits. Like anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what really happened? Nothing. Right. Because, like, at the end of the movie, they don't address the Harvey Dent act is probably going to go away because mm-hmm. Harvey Dent, everyone knows now that the Harvey Dent thing was a well, lie. allegedly. He That's read it true. off a piece of paper that may or may not have been written by, like, we as <laughs> the audience true, yeah. knew Gordon wrote it. But he didn't even say, see, look, signed. Commissioner Gordon, and that's his thumbprint right there. And you got to notarize that shit. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't official. Yeah, and actually, when you think about it, 
Bruce is Bruce is leaving Gotham in a worse spot because yeah. Blackgate mm-hmm. was completely emptied out. It's bridgeless. We're, we're it's bridgeless. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we never though. see them. <laughs> yeah. We never see them uh, gather up. I mean, that's kind of a plot hole that's in Dark Knight too. Is we never see them after these prison breaks clean up the prison breaks. Like at the end of Batman Begins, they lose the Narrows completely to because Arkham Asylum is just released and the fear talks and all that. It's never really mentioned in uh, The Dark Knight, like how that panned out. And at the end of this movie, it's kind of the same thing. They just cut to the the Batman statue reveal. And like that's an awesome scene and everything. But how are they going to deal with the fact that everyone in Blackgate was released? We missed on the, top uh, of that. Nine months later. Yeah. Also, <laughs> well, because <laughs> on top of that, too, it's the whole like, oh, yeah, by the way, won't every lawyer have a field day with the fact that uh, this like law was instituted under false pretenses and like, like well, I don't know. Well, also the fact that uh, Batman like created Godzilla by <laughs> the, like dropping mm, the, the bomb, bomb in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, geez. And we've seen that movie. Yep. We've seen, we've we seen were there. that movie. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's just kind of one of the little, I say little, kind of one of the plot holes, though, of just like, you know, with Batman, with Batman leaving, I'm less accepting of the whole, like, okay, he's turning the cape and cowl because he's leaving it to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and none of it feels earned. So it just feels like you're, like, Stick in the middle finger to Gotham and be like, well, I saved you guys three times. Like, deal with it yourself now, assholes. Well, like, even the thing where where he flies away and then they end up in Italy. I, uh, maybe. <laughs> you made it sound like they go through, like, a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> like, he flies away, ends up in Italy. It's a crazy movie. We don't know. <laughs> maybe I, I'm just dense here, but, like, I, I don't get how, like, they got there. Because, like, wasn't Catwoman in the, like, sewer wherever with. Jim Gordon. Well, they were on like, a bridge or whatever, but yeah. But like, ha- I, I don't know. Like, did I, he swung I back around and picked all, her up? Yeah, it well, must. He, yeah, he. But it was, it was all like it was all like autopilot. But did he like eject or was he never in it? Well, I think he. Ejected. Or am I just trying to well, over-explain this like other things in the movie? I. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you know, how he blows up that building as he's like making the turn. But when uh, he's taking the bomb away, there yeah. was a theory for a while, but it's disproved by the fact that there's that long pan scene. But there's a theory that that was edited out of order and that the theory was that he jumped out when he exploded the building. And that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why he exploded the building is the whole like theatricality and deception. The like, look over here. So you're just assuming that the ship flies away, that he's in it, but he's not. But again, it's ruined by the editing of you get that weird, awkward, long pan of just his face. And if it was being like, I'm going to die. With a six-mile radius. Yes. What happened with the fallout? I don't know. Maybe it's not like a, maybe it's not like the same as a normal nuke. Because they did kept talking about it. It was like some new sort of fusion, fusion resource. And what How about convenient. some, some air drafts? <laughs> or, you know, where's the air going? Title flows. Yeah. And is this also, you know, we say Godzilla, is this the beginning of TMNT? Oh, mm. <laughs> that secret of the ooze. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> what did you guys think of the, like, final front? Uh, final frontier. Sorry, the first confrontation between um, Batman and Bane, though. When Catwoman betrayed him? Yeah, and then Bane beats the shit out of him. That's pretty cool. I, like... So I love that there's no music 
And I, thank God. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I hear. <laughs> you can talk about Hans Zimmer in a second, Peter. <laughs> He's waiting. But I feel like in that fight, I hear a lot of people, especially after the movie came out, complaining that they didn't like Bruce's constant like grunting. But I like I was into it solely because <laughs> oh yeah you can take it there Peter I was into it the uh, because it it seemed more of like a desperation like he was getting beat yeah like he was just completely outmatched well, like when it was showing his head and he just kept getting punched in his mm-hmm. it was crack it's a great yeah. shot and you're like oh my god <laughs> but I will say my only critique is there's certain parts of the fight I don't know if it's how the cameras are done or how the editing is but some of them it just doesn't seem like they're making impact with each other in some parts of the fight. It's called and then, acting. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you don't think that in every fight scene. No, it's true, like, yeah. It's just it, a couple shots in that, like, took me out of it because it felt like they weren't making contact at Even, all. And in the last one, too, there are some punches that, that yeah. I was like, I don't yeah. think he hit yeah, him. Yeah, I don't think he hit him there. When and, he did the little twirl mm, jump punch. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can make it. combo But, yeah, that's... I. I meant to look it up. I want to know if Tom Hardy legitimately could pick Christian Bale up like clean lift over his head like that because that was a pretty sweet shot. Apparently, he was very hesitant to like throw the punches because he felt in his head like he was beating up his childhood idol. With, oh, really? Yeah, that was that really makes, sweet. That makes sense. But then he realized he's getting paid for it, so he, that's motivating. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Tom Hardy's massive in this movie. Oh yeah. I, I did not like Tom Hardy in this. Really? Yeah. Because, well, for one thing, I, I can't can't exactly fault him because he's got someone on his face the whole time, so you <laughs> can't can't exactly act with that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't I don't know. His eyes do a lot of acting. In that that's true. That much. Like, mm-hmm. so in that sense, he did a good job there. But I don't know. I just something something bad. I just didn't really buy it. I I feel like I'm gonna get shit for this from people, but I think it would have been super easy for them to incorporate venom into this not mm-hmm. like the the thing that makes bane massive like i feel like it would have been really easy for them to say he's also on some sort of experimental like steroid that makes him even more strong it's a luchador <laughs> yeah we just needed the guy from batman and robin yeah. oh my god <laughs> don't bring him back but you know what <laughs> i mean like you don't even like you could just have it be more subtle and just reference it and then add more to how Bane's able to throw Christian Bale around is because he's roided out, which is true to the character. So I don't know. I feel like that would have been a subtle thing to just add that I felt weird because didn't they, they make it where his mask is, it's preventing pain, right? Something like it keeps the pain away when he got worked for helping Talia out. The doctor messed him up. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, the mask like helps prevent pain and then, yeah, it, it just it felt weird that that ended up being like his weakness mm-hmm. was if you hit him in the mask. <laughs> yeah, if you hit him, he could feel pain. It's like, well, that isn't that everyone's weakness, pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. It's almost like Zelda. There's there's like one spot you can hit. Yeah. yeah. I think it's weird though with Bane while we're talking about him, how they like did his backstory was both like pretty close to his origin story, but at the same time not. It was a weird hodgepodge. With especially with the Ra's al Ghul stuff. Also, I, I guess it was to help them not whitewash say they didn't whitewash the character because they had the prison based in a completely different country than mm-hmm. Santa Prisca, but <laughs> which is in South America in the you know comics. So they didn't you know Tom Hardy is not a you know Latin American or not a Latin American, just Latin man 
And so, you know, I think that was maybe to save a little bit of the whole like, oh, well, we didn't whitewash him because we made him a completely different character. But no. I don't know. It's it's weird. I I don't think I liked the fake out of the whole that was he the son of Razagul, wasn't he? Kind of like back and forth. I just I feel like that took away from his character to make him so heavily tied to Razagul as opposed to just him being this like self-made mercenary man that he is in the comics. So, I don't know. I did like, and I talked to you guys about this last night, of, I wish they'd committed to it. Like, I liked that it seemed like the initial idea was to make him a parallel to Bruce in terms of, like, how they became what they were. Like, there's the, you know, spo- there was supposed to be a flashback of Bane training with the League of Shadows where he did better than Bruce. Like, in Batman Begins, you see Bruce fail at that exercise, but in this, you would see Bane like pretty much get it on his first try because he's he's Bane, he's so amazing, and then still not get the approval of Ra's al Ghul. Like that's a really cool story idea. Mm-hmm. But again, like a lot of the plot stuff, they just don't commit to it. Mm. It's it's weird. Yeah, I love that scene where Bane's like, "Do you feel in charge?" Oh, like that that yeah, seems yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, I wanted to ask this last night. Um, so the stock exchange scene, which is awesome, like. Bane kicks ass in that scene and it's really cool. But that ends up being a major plot point of how they get rid of Bruce Wayne's money is they like go to the stock market at wall street exchange, whatever, and like hold it up and then make away with the flash drive thing. So I'm so ignorant of this, but I would, I'm just assuming that if a bunch of armed gunmen went into the, you know, the actual stock exchange like today or tomorrow or whatever, you, All trades would be null and void. You turn it off. Yeah, yeah it would just yeah. be like, like nothing button. that happened. It's like, a big no button. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, wouldn't it just be nothing that happened trade-wise during those past few days is allowed to happen? You just have to and they would have the to comb through it. You have to turn the computers off. Well, yeah, or something. Like, But that even happened, too. They're like, then, cut the fibers or whatever. Yeah. But, now we go mobile. But yeah. that's what I mean, though. So like, if they were still no. able to go through with the trade, even though they cut off all access to the computers, E-trade. shouldn't the FCC or who, SEC, whatever, whoever runs the, the shit. N- the NAACP. NAACP. NCAA. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFL, one of them (laughs) can some like wouldn't they notice they're like that's weird a trade happened after we cut off all the power to the trades that's obviously fraudulent like Fox makes some uh, Lucius Fox makes some like offhand comment of like in the long term we can argue fraud I'm like in the long term (laughs) what do you do the robbery was two days ago (laughs) it was pretty short term to me yeah Yeah. like that just seemed so weird to me like. I don't know why they felt like why that would happen. Like it took me out of it. I was like, I feel like we don't live in an age where someone could go in and be like, Oh no, no. But all trades that happen are fair game. Well, it was also somewhere. And maybe I just didn't catch this. Um, but did we ever find out what trades those were or like he how they, them, they, they got rid of Bruce's money? They just did the whole, they gambled a bunch of the, like Wayne stock on futures or something. They just like threw out some vague, like stock market term. Yeah. Kind of like how they did with the computer stuff. They were like, just cut the fiber and the satellite cable and the mainframe. We're downloading. (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's just, that's something in terms of just the plot development points, like really sticks out to me is like, I don't get what's going on because I like the structure of how he took down 
Bruce Wayne, like how Bane broke him of just like took away his money, you know, alienated him, broke him physically. Like, you know, it was like mm-hmm. a strategic kind of maneuver. But I don't know. The stock exchange thing just didn't make sense to me. It feels like there were parts where they said, oh, let's not get too convoluted with this. Let's like make it easier on people. And it's like, no, no, you can elaborate. Like, yeah. we would appreciate it if you would. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. It's because like at that point... It, it, I've almost connected to the same thing if they decide to send every single police officer in the city <laughs> mm-hmm. in the tunnels. Like, they didn't even reference to, like, we're going to send, like, this group down there and then the rest just do, like, normal patrols or whatever. Like, because if they're all down there, you know, what what happens if there's a crime in progress somewhere else? Do what you want. Like, it's, it's just some stuff. <laughs> it's exactly what we said. Some stuff they were like, let's not get convoluted with it. You know, we don't want to bog everybody down. But it's... It doesn't make sense. Mm. So they need to explain it. Yeah. You know there would be some opportunistic crime happening. Oh, for sure. Because there's martial law. <laughs> <laughs> martial law is in effect. <laughs> what a lovely singing voice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, any final thoughts before we go into uh, how would you fix this? Yeah, I mean, thoughts on Anne Hathaway. I have a question. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk it's about Catwoman and yeah. how she's kind of just thrown into this. Yep. She's someone that her between her and Miranda Tate, who ends up ends up being Talia al Ghul, like they get really no characterization. Yeah, which is kind of a travesty because both of them are really great actresses, mm-hmm. and they're both their characters in the comics are two of the pivotal romances in Bruce Wayne slash Batman's life. Like they are the two women, and then they get they get reduced to just really nothingness. And I don't know, it's just weird. I like Dana Hathaway. I thought I she was fun. More happened. Yeah, I wish she did more or was part of more. I don't or know. Or at least a little bit more successful, even. Yeah. Because even when she held the thumbprint uh, from that guy, and then she made him use the congressman's phone, phone. or whatever. It's still you know, like, I thought really that was clever, out. but she, he still got away with everything. Yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's true. She, like, out thought people but still failed yeah Not just far fell to the gun she's like oh, i forget people have guns <laughs> yeah oh guns man there's <laughs> no fun <laughs> any other final thoughts well on the catwoman thing it's like in, in terms of uh in terms of Anne and hathaway she did a bunch of cool like action stuff here so mm-hmm. I, I don't know maybe it was just to like sort of uh sort of like hey i'm doing an action reel for so oh, hire yeah. me for my next movie <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's true Megan any final thoughts I'm gonna learn to fight like her first <laughs> up John that's pretty cool I, oh I will say with Anne Hathaway I do really appreciate I like that her cat ears were just her goggles mm-hmm. flipped up yeah I thought that was clever how it just like flipped up like that and down it wasn't over the top like get it she's Catwoman. Yeah, yeah she's not like a, a cat Ken yeah or something <laughs> it wasn't heavy handed <laughs> I was, Halle Berry Catwoman or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. She didn't have it, a tail. I yeah. think it would have been over <laughs> yeah. the top. No plug. But I am kind of surprised they didn't give her a whip. Like, yeah. They didn't give her iconic whip. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah. I didn't think about that. All right. Let's, let's move into how would you fix this. Peter, would you like to start us no, off? No, I want you to start off. This okay. is your pick. I don't, I don't exactly. want to take up the entire time, but yeah. I'm going to run through this. Yeah, the pressure's on you. Okay. <laughs> so I already suggested one idea, which I would, if I was to remake this movie i would make it part one and part two 
I I would go ahead and just call the references what they were, and I would say part one's Nightfall, and part two you can do Dark Knight Returns, and that's just like what they are. I would have ended the first part where Bruce is in the pit, and like Bane has just blown up the bridges. You do the like cliffhanger, like this is the setup for the next movie. We talked about this in The Dark Knight, and I'm going to reiterate in this. Because you know you're talking about too many characters are just thrown in here. Mm-hmm. So many of them could have just been added earlier films. Like, if mm-hmm. they had yeah. thought this out, Miranda Tate could have been on the board the entire time. Like, all through Dark Knight, she could have just been a character that maybe Bruce flirts with. <clears throat> you know, like, it's just kind of there. And that way it's not some weird... Last minute, like, why are they all of a sudden making out? Haven't they met, like, twice? You know what I mean? Robin, you either do Robin or you don't. Not this half-assed shit. (laughs) Like, I was fine when Christopher Nolan was interviewed about Robin after Dark Knight. He said, I didn't want to bring Robin into it because he didn't didn't think there was a way to bring Robin into the, you know, the universe that he's created without it being weird. He was right. I, I... I disagree with that it can't be done. I think how he did it made it worse. Yeah, he, he does it wrong. He's like, see, it can't be done. Yeah, Told it's you. it's weird. Like Someone else try this. <laughs> Robin could have been added in Begins, like at the end of Begins, not really done anything, just the, you know have Dick Grayson be in Begins, have him kind of be Robin in Dark Knight, and then this movie, if you're going to do it with this story arc of Bruce Wayne's not going to be Batman anymore at the end of this, you make it his movie. You make mm-hmm. it Dick Grayson's movie or whatever, Robin, you're going to make it. But like, while Bruce is in this pit, have Robin leading some sort of resistance with Gordon against Bane. Like, have him being the protagonist against Bane. You know what I mean? Like... That way, they're fighting against each other, and I also would have had the Miranda Tate reveal happen before he's put in the pit, before Bruce is put in the pit. That way, it's kind of Bruce is going to go after Talia, Robin's going to go after Bane, and it kind of makes it more of a go-ahead-and-set-up-that-dynamic of who they're going to be fighting. But that way, by the end of Part 2, if Robin's been fighting you know, the League of Shadows in Gotham while Bruce has been trying to get back, he's earned this understanding from Bruce that like I can be Batman. Like you could have the eight year gap too. You can have it be where dark Knight ended. Like I've overthought this completely. So nerd alert on this, but I've <laughs> legitimately like eight year gap. Keep that into dark Knight. You know, he, him, Batman and Robin right off. You don't know what's going to happen to the eight year gap. You find out Batman's put his foot down and say, we're not doing the vigilante stuff anymore. So Robin leaves. Robin tries to go do it in Bloodhaven. Maybe Bruce like chases him down and prevents him from doing that. So then Robin travels the world. Robin redoes what Bruce does. You know what I mean? He tries to become better. So I actually think you could do the airplane scene and instead of like one of the random henchmen, you have with like the hood reveals, you have Robin be one of the people with Ra's al Ghul. Or not Ra's al Ghul, with Bane. Like in the League of Shadows. Like he's infiltrated the League of Shadows. And so after the plane shit happens, maybe during the plane shit, Bane calls him out that he knows what he's doing and, you know, they think they've killed him. When they get back to the city and they're doing the whole Harvey Dent, like, fundraising nonsense, that should be Robin gets back to Gotham and is like, Bruce, the League of Shadows are coming. You know what I mean? Like, trying Mm -hmm. to get Bruce back into the game. And then with 
him being in there, the whole conversation between Bruce and Alfred then is not about you can't do this anymore. You know, let the police do it. It needs to be you're not able to do this. Help, you know, Grayson help Robin do this now. And it becomes a different dynamic. And it just makes it more of a like a new Dark Knight Rises. Like that's kind of the arc you'll go through through the movie. Not this half-assed Gor- Joseph Gordon-Levitt like I threw taught you how to throw a batarang once. <laughs> you can fight crime now. Like it just doesn't track. You have to have an earn it moment with Batman. And like it just leaves it more clean if the person that's left behind or to be Batman now can actually be Batman. It's just, oh, sorry. I'm just going down that Robin rabbit hole of just nonsense. That way you wouldn't have to have that stupid scene of Joseph Gordon-Levitt saying his legal name was Robin. (laughs) You should go by your real name. Oh, Robin. It's nice. (laughs) Robin. Little bird. Little bird. I was telling Peter about this of uh, at work the other day. Of I've discovered a new like physical response I have when I watch movies that are just like frustrating me. So you know, Southern boy all my life. You know, never lived in the North, but for some reason now, when I see something that truly frustrates me, I'm out of nowhere just audibly just like "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> like that's just my response now, and that's like all I could think about when he did that last night of just the like "go by your legal name." Robin. I was just like, oh, fuck you. It's an Why? response. Why? Oh, it kills me. Yeah. I liked your fix it, Mark. That, that was, I, I would watch both of those movies. <sighs> I, I, would, I would go into more detail, but I want you guys to talk about your stuff. So, Zach, how would you fix it? So, um, do, doing a sort of, like, sort of like Bruce training Robin. That was just one of my ideas. So, great minds. Um. <laughs> Also, um, as we talked about, one of the main issues here is just there's so many characters, and to sort of cut down on that, that's one of the things that I would definitely fix, and sort of, sort of making the sort of the the key uh, the key guess players be Catwoman, Bruce, and Bane, which which we sort of see play out when when Catwoman sort of double crosses him. Yeah, I felt like that was a sort of throwaway moment, and it didn't get a lot of like emphasis. And it'd be really good if it was something where we actually saw like Catwoman trying to like seduce Bruce in a in a more like drawn out fashion, and them like actually like either fighting crime together more. And then when when she does like sell him out to Bane, that that's a more impactful thing. And there, that's your uh, that's your whole third act. That's sort a, of no, that's th- a good them point. sort of like trying to team up against Batman and him, trying to over to rise above rise them. Above. So, yeah, that would streamline a lot and still have a similar arc to what it was going for, while still getting rid of of getting rid of a lot of characters and keeping keeping the Joker out of it, which is something that oh yeah sort of stuck with here. So for sure, I like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think that sounds like there'd be just more payoff to the Catwoman relationship in general. Which again, like the Miranda Tate thing, you know, at the end when they kiss you know when batman and catwoman kiss you're just like this doesn't feel earned like nothing that happens in the third act feels earned except for gordon being really excited about his new um you know bat symbol on the roof when he's like patting that and you're like you know that feels earned (laughs) (laughs) man more tore up (laughs) megan how would you fix it 
so first of all, Seduce Bruce would be a great band name. Seduce <laughs> Bruce. That aside, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on team. Just don't have Robin, and I don't have enough comic book knowledge to really back that up. But just for the sake of kind of needing to trim the fat in this movie, anyway, I like your idea of making it a couple of movies, um, and just kind of giving some of these characters like everybody has already said a little bit more to to love and more to get invested in i have the attention span of goldfish so like <laughs> give me a reason to get invested in these people please um but other than that yeah that's that's kind of what i would change pair it down a bit there's yeah and there's definitely a version of this movie that you can cut joseph gordon levitt out completely totally. and mm-hmm. the ending's still fine if you yeah. set up the idea that Bruce is done being Batman mm-hmm. and Gotham's going to be fine, like that yeah. works. Yeah. Cut the Batman completely out of like what's going to go on into the future. Totally a fine ending. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you, you can auto flood the cave. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How they were doing the. Um, that way you don't need Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah. Or, 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 uh. With the with the with, with you're saying uh, a- adding something to like care about the people with. With the like Sergeant Foley or whatever the fuck his name cut was. his ass out. Like, yeah. we had no reason to care about him, and he, we saw him more than we did Gordon. Yeah, it it was it was weird. Like I, I truly cannot think of a reason why he's in the movie, Mm-mm. and not to say that he's like really bad. Like he has some bad lines in that the even though the chase itself is awesome, the Batman chasing the motorcycle mm. gang, and then the cops are chasing Batman. That whole scene's so awesome and so well filmed. Which most of this movie, that's like what I would, how I would review this movie is so awesome in terms of visual and how it's filmed. But you know, like fully in that car ride, it's just like I'm gonna do what Gordon couldn't. I'm gonna catch the bat. What's like, what's more important, one robber or catching Harvey Dent's killer? It's like, well, there's 30 police cars out here. Let's split up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's as dumb as he dresses. <laughs> oh, that was the line. I was like, come on. That was horrible. Ugh. There were a couple of one-liners that were very like, yeah. fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, get northern with it. Fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> Peter, how would you fix it? So it's not really a fix. If you say remove Hans Zimmer from the whole movie, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will cut you off. We'll all leave. <laughs> that was only part. It was... We're going to take this in a new direction because it would be kind of entertaining to see something like this. So, you know, this is 2012, uh, you know, a little post the artist. So maybe we could turn this Charlie Chaplin. What? <laughs> yeah. It's black and white. It's <laughs> oh, like Batman Noir kind of like where it's. No, no, no. Um, You're just you really just want Charlie Chaplin as Batman? N- no. Like, so. Something Only happens, man. <laughs> you know all the like animated whatever motions, and then it's got the little dialogue up there. Yeah, yeah, like like, like a silent, silent film. films. Yes, and with the music being kind of like honky, it's like <laughs> stuff like that. So, cause just okay. just imagine scenes like, do you feel in charge? You know, and he's like, quick, go back. You know, I'm. And he's scared. He's like, I'm in charge. And then you see. Bane put his hand down there, and then it's just the words, do you feel in charge? And then his eyes, like, bugging out. And <laughs> then we have him, like, 
Bruce Wayne just in the pit getting fixed by the chiropractor, and he's like, ah! And the words are like, ah! <laughs> Those short Pain. scene shifts, and they're like running through the sewer, and then you see like them running from the other direction. Yeah, and, uh, yeah like, I'm with you. Yeah. There are a lot of things just thinking about it. It would be pretty entertaining. This sounds yeah. like an acid trip. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like uh, it sounds like some sort of some sort of re-edit that needs to happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that are, it seems like a not it's not drunk history. It's like a weird version of like yeah. <laughs> it's just like drunk people describing movies <laughs> and they're putting old silent film style. Yeah, and then the end yeah. was like, you should go buy your that, real by name. The way. You should Pat- go buy your real name, Robin. And then he just looks in the cameras like shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally, Hans Zimmer's not doing the music. Peter, we're we're copywriting, patenting this. This is a thing. We're gonna get drunk people to describe a movie they just watched, and then re-edit it silent film style. <laughs> um, not to not to like trigger you or anything, but I gotta agree with you. Hans Zimmer really fucked the dog on this because, mm. like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can just say "screw the pooch." No, no. gotta say "fuck it's the not dog." It's, it's not a severe. It's not a severe. But like, no. okay, in, in the scene where Bane and Batman are fighting outside of the bank or wherever, was oh, it yeah, towards w- the end? Yeah, near the end. Uh, Hans Zimmer's music was like raging, and it was it was the loudest thing you could hear, and it took away from the scene. So fuck you, Hans Zimmer. Where's Danny Elfman when you need him? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just, I mean, I liked the, uh, whatever the the chanting is when he's, like, climbing out of the pit that comes up every now and then in the movie. Uh, yeah. uh, but see, I think he actually found that online. He just, um, you think he just found that I'm online? I'm pretty sure he found stuff like that online. Like, it do. You don't think he, like. I'm pretty <laughs> oh. sure that's a bit of trivia that I read. Okay. That he read found it. the chanting online. I don't know if it's true, but I read it also. Yeah. For what it's worth. See? The, wow. Corroborated, corroborated by uh, Boom. Post-op John. Speaking of uh, the music thing, though, it did remind me the one last thing I want to add to my fix it. And I talked a little bit about this last night. And it ties into the how I feel nothing is earned in this movie. So when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is gets his will reading thing from Bruce and it's just climbing gear and then coordinates to the cave and he like swings through. It's It's really cool how it's shot when he's walking around and it's then the movie ends with the platform rising, knowing that he's going to see the bat suit. And you're like, that was cool how that happens. I just think it would have been 10 times better if it's a Robin who's up to this point has not seen the bat cave. Because if you think about it in my structure, at least Batman begins, the bat cave was destroyed at the end. So he wouldn't have seen that because he was a kid. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't doing anything. They're in the bat bunker, all of dark night. And so, like, maybe during, you know, Bane's occupation when Robin's doing the resistance thing, he's just fighting out of the back bunker thing from Dark Knight. And so if Bruce didn't let him go into the cave because they don't want him, you know, being a vigilante anymore, that's an awesome, powerful moment of, like, I've earned my chance to get into the Bat Cave and, like, become Batman. I also just, the music thing reminded me, I just think it would have been better if it had been Robin's will was like a sheet of paper that's just like a music sheet and he realizes it's to the piano and then he just goes to the piano room and does the thing door well, opens takes yeah, the elevator the down coordinates would be near wayne manor right <laughs> he's like man this is in the middle of nowhere but wait that's wayne manor huh bruce wayne but it, it just would have been such a it would have been such a cooler thing to like come down the elevator and he's like and he plays he, it yeah yeah and he gets to actually like walk into the Batcave, and then it's the 
you know, it rising and he sees the armor and that's we how get it. We get it. It's the name of the movie. Rising. It rises. Sorry, it. I don't know what's a synonym for rises. Levitates. It lev- <laughs> levitates. Goes up. I'm gonna throw this last Becomes minute. Becomes erect. Yeah. We've been talking about how been too many characters have been added. What would you guys think of it having thrown Barbara Gordon into this? Oracle slash Batgirl. Is she in the wheelchair? She's, I wouldn't say she's in the wheelchair, but maybe more of an Oracle role. Like she's not Batgirl, but she's more of an like in the Oracle role. Well, this being not as canon, they, that would probably make her a news reporter. No, right? Maybe an investigative well, news reporter. No, I was just I just mean in the sense of like you could do it where. I feel like you'd have to go back to the Dark Knight because isn't it? It's mm-hmm. his son that gets grabbed by Harvey Dent, right? Yeah. Just flip that for the daughter, and then she could have been like shook up by that or whatever. Well, wouldn't it something where in in Dark Knight, uh, Fox calls his machine the Oracle? Oh, I think he does. Mm-hmm. So that might. But, but been. even that sort of. I don't know. I think there's a cool way where you could have set up Robin and Oracle fighting crime while Bruce was in the pit and then like Oracle's going to yeah. help. I don't know. I that might be just again like we were saying there's too many characters. That might have been a bridge too far, but Bane blew up all the bridges anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But <laughs> Any uh any more final thoughts on besides Hans Zimmer's, you know, you guys just hate Hans Zimmer. I have nothing against him. And again, I'm not the most musically sophisticated man, so that's who's Hans Zimmer is for. That feels like an insult <laughs> to Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cool. I do agree with you that in some scenes it was a little overpowering, but I wonder if that was more of sound mixing, mm. much like the Bane yeah. voice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so uh, this is the same guy with that. <laughs> <laughs> so. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that in there too. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, now I like to imagine that like your you know pump up music to like get you in the zone, like to get you angry to like get ready to do something is just like you just listening to Hans Zimmer because yeah. you hate it so much. Just get turn on the Inception theme. Yeah, <laughs> Inception, the first Pirates. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That's, those are all just triggers for you. It's so funny. I just think it's <laughs> like your hatred of Hans Zimmer is pretty awesome because I have nothing against it. And so it's so like total opposite. I just don't get everyone's praise of this guy. That's what I don't get. I will say he is attached to very successful movies, though. Mm-hmm. So that probably adds to it. He's like the Thomas Kincaid, right? He, he <laughs> like it, His pictures are nice <laughs> and stuff, but they'll never be in the MoMA. Painter you know? Oh, I thought Thomas Kincaid did have one. In the moment, <laughs> what, what a reference! Who references know. Thomas Kincaid? Yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he pops up on Kleenex boxes. Okay. He has all those like coffee mugs that change yeah. color and stuff. Yeah, he's a little the low painter of light. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not gonna get a reference much better than that. So let's go ahead and <laughs> shut this. Wait, down. We, we gotta say if it's worth our free time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's Zach, would you podcast. say it's worth? <laughs> that's a good point, Zach. You know, Too much. Saying like it is. <laughs> Zach, would you do you think this is worth your free time? I do think it is worth your free time, even though it is almost three hours long. If 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 you like Batman, it's it's worth a watch. It's fun. If you like yeah. Batman, it is a Batman movie. It yep. is a Batman mm-hmm. movie. And also, I mean, on the whole, the acting's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Megan? There are worse ways to spend three hours of my free time. So yeah. <laughs> like weeding. Weeding. Yeah. Organizing my filing cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> 
Peter, would you those say this is productive. worth your free time? <laughs> I guess compared to those things, sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, as much as I've bashed it, it's it's worth your free time caveat every now and then. Like, if you haven't seen it in, like, a few years, that might be like, oh, I haven't watched that in a while. Or if it's, like, on TV, you can watch a few minute yeah. of it, minutes of it and move on. But... It's you know like I just don't watch it as much as I do Batman Begins and it's Dark not your Knight. T- can't be in your top ten, please. No, it's not in my top ten. Please, I don't know where it is. It's not. It's not really on there. I would, in terms of the Batman movies, like I would put all the Tim Burton ones. Well, there's only two of them. The Tim Burton ones over the over Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't put the Schumachers over it just on principle of like how ridiculous <laughs> they are. But which one would you put above the other? I think forever is better than uh, yeah. Batman and Robin, right? I don't know. There's just too many flashbacks in forever. It's kind of hard. I don't know. Nicole Kidman, though, is looking pretty good. Also, <laughs> like the story in... I know we're talking about Dark Knight Rises, but like in Batman Forever, I recently found out that there was like an ego battle between Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Really? And yes. that's why Tommy Lee Jones is so over the top was because he was like trying to compete with Jim Carrey oh. in terms of like the crazy level. It explains so much. It adds like a new level of watching for that movie. Turn it out. Crazy Jim Carrey is not a battle I want to enter. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally watched that documentary. Um, yeah. His only method the, is madness. Yeah. the What is it? The inside Some, the mind of yeah. Andy Kaufman, Kaufman, whatever that one that's on Netflix. It made me not like Jim Carrey. I don't know what mm. the goal of the documentary was. It didn't make me think he was like some method actor He's like not. Daniel Day-Lewis. He's the mask. He's <laughs> Dick and Jane. He's He's the mask. Bruce Almighty. Like Ace Ventura. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's method actor whatever. It's just like, However, he was him. really good in Truman Show. He was. Yeah, 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 say. Truman and the Majestic, he's good. The Majestic sucks yeah. ass. Number 23 is awful. <laughs> We need to we need to end this. We're yeah, not even talking the about way, the movie. Thomas Kincaid does not have a painting in the MoMA. Yeah, so I take apologize. That. <laughs> I still love you, Jim Carrey, if you're listening. <laughs> With that, <laughs> remember to follow us at tmftpodcast at gmail and or at tmftpodcast on Twitter. Uh, write us, let you know if you're liking this new formula. We're almost. We're almost done with complete season of this new kind of formula we've been doing. So let us know if you want to go back us to go back to the old way, or if you like this new kind of free flowing. Uh, send in ideas you have for either themes or movies you want to see us do. And um, I think John will be back next week. And then we I keep saying it after every episode. Hopefully we'll be doing the out of context special that we've been wanting to do for a little while next week so look out for that and if not i apologize it'll be the week after that (laughs) or if not that the one after that it's going to happen (laughs) because i'm too excited for it to just not happen it will be in 2018 all right we'll see you guys next time (laughs) bye listeners